This week we continue our exploration into the depths of psyche with Britton Garrett. Britt is one of the few Jungian analysts here in Western Australia and I thought it would be fascinating to listen to her point of view on the world given how she works at such depths with people. Within this conversation, Britt reads from the I Ching, she presents Jung's equation for realising God, we also discuss the tension of opposites and its link to cancel culture as well as legitimate suffering and many others. I guess what shines through in this is that all systems move towards wholeness and psyche is no exception and that currently the way forward is not through spiritual bypassing, playing on Facebook or just burying in your head in the sand hoping that it'll all go away but actually being in yourself and being in your body and dropping into that, dropping into the darkness and drop going deep, deep down. Now, while this is scary, it's only in the depths of the darkness that potentially we'll find the light. And that ultimately, this is all a process in which Psyche is on a journey and we are part of it. So enjoy, Brit. Hello, and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Brit Edwards. Today, we have the great privilege of welcoming back Brit Garrett. Brit. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Bryn. So it's been nearly three years since we last spoke. Uh, you were episode number six. I know. <laughs> which seems like an eternity ago. But still, um, I have to say, with no disrespect to any other guests, if I had to rank the most important podcasts, top seven, yours would definitely be in it because I, you know, I'm very pulled towards the, the depth levels of psychology and and I still think there's so much value in the conversation that we had that people can reflect on in every day. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to continue that today as we look in the world. Mm -hmm. So just before we hop into that, um, you are one of, a, one of a very select few of actual qualified Jungian psychoanalysts here in Western Australia. Mm -hmm. um, in the last podcast, we, uh, we attempted to bring some of the, world, the works of Carl Jung and simplify it for the everyday person. Mm -hmm. uh, we went into individualization and talked about the morning and lunchtime and afternoon of life, which was a, a nice metaphor. Um, we talked about the shadow, we talked about the t tension of opposites and, and also just the, the depth level of the sort of Jungian analysis. Uh, analysis. Um, so with everything that was going on in the world, um, which needs no introduction. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it would be super interesting and valuable to speak to you, to hear your view on things through your lens in the world. And so without giving you, well, we're giving you a big open question of how do you view the world? I thought I'd sort of structure it by saying, what are some of the sort of key data points that are dare I say, that, that you observe that's going on and then how do you take that and how do you view that in the way you view the world? <laughs> Does that make sense? Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like I said when, we, when you first contacted me, I thought, well, we all know we're going to hell in a handcart. Like yeah. the, the, the world is just feels so dark and so difficult and there's so many problems. We've got climate change, we've got Trump, we've got COVID, we've got the economy. It's, 
it's it's just so dark. Yes. Um, but and we know that and we feel that and we're swamped by that. So I what Jung brings to this and the way I think like to think about it is meaningfully. Like what is going on on a bigger picture level? Is mm. there hope? Is there something bigger? Or are we just going downhill <laughs> mm. rapidly? So that's that's kind of what how I want to think about it. Mm. So I mean I've got quite a few data points, so hopefully it's yes. a bit of a conversation still. But a couple of things that are really occurring to me is that Jung, you know, Jung thinks about that all systems are working towards wholeness. Yes. So that, well, it looks like we might be on, on one side and heavily going to hell. What's the bigger picture that's really still working towards wholeness? Like Psyche does this, our yes. Psyche within us. And I think that the world does that. So that, and he said his big concepts around that are the two concepts. One is antimony which means never alone, which means there's always an, the opposite. Yeah. And the other con big concept is enantiodromia. Antiodromia. Um, enantiodromia, yeah. which means that the tendency of something to flip into its opposite. Right. So these are the two big concepts because he says that the way psyche regulates itself or the world regulates itself is through compensation. Right. So that when there, it feels like, oh, there's just, we're just so dark, there's so much happening, there's going to be a moment where we begin to flip into light. <laughs> yes. And I think this is, it just sort of has to get that bad in a way to yeah. bring us to, to be thinking about this. And I think if many people reflect on their journey, possibly some of the biggest turning points will be when they got that far down into the depths of the well that you actually found something to push back up. Yes, from. that's right. And it's through suffering that change happens. Mm. That we get a broader consciousness. And I think that's another data point that it's, it's about the development of consciousness, really. How mm. do we become more aware of what's happening? I was going to say, what, what does that, because it seems to be a, a very, um, on vogue, particularly if you're moving in new age spiritual world, you're like, oh, we're gonna raise consciousness and expand consciousness, and it's it's very cool, it's a very sexy thing to do, you know, if you're gonna put yourself out for a, a you know Facebook event where you I don't know do some breath work, drink some hot chocolate cacao, and it's like oh, we're raising consciousness. What does that actually mean? I think it means first and foremost really being in life. Yeah. <laughs> so much of that conscious raising, raising is a little bit of a spiritual bypass. Let's just raise, rise above it all. We're, we're above yes. all this. And I think the way in is down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that that's what we've got in to do. We've got down. to go in and down and that this, this us, we are so far down, but that's part of the process, I think. Mm. We've got to really live life. <laughs> And so, I guess, I guess f for me, having, I mean, part of what drew me to read some of Jung's books was my own sort of uh, collapse and darkness and, and, and then that helped me to start to make sense of the bigger journey that was going on. And so that was very much Bryn individually within his own personal structures. It strikes me that we're all sort of being 
brought back in collectively from you know how we reference ourselves to external structures which are faltering as it were and so some of the things that you probably could still hold on to for a sense of I don't know, safety, so you're not going down to that darkness, even they're disappearing now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're coming under question. Mm-hmm. And so, so it, it's almost like where previously I would meet people who individually were going through their journey. Now we're collectively going mm-hmm. through our journey. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Nice, yes, that's right. I think that's very true. And I like what you say that we don't have these things to hang on to anymore or distract ourselves from what's happening, that we have to turn inwards. Yes. It almost strikes me as a a collective collapse. A collective collapse. Which will then take us into our shadow. Yes. Not just the individual one, but the collective Mm -hmm. one as well. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we can find the light in the dark. You know, if you think of the yin yang symbol that there's always that the, the, it, the, it contains its opposite. In the black bit is that little mm. white bit. And then that's what we're looking for. Hmm. What else do you say? <laughs> well, I really want to... Can I just... Yeah, this is what I... Sure. The aging. Because we, you I, mentioned this in the yeah, previous... Yeah, I mentioned it last time. And I, still, I love that one, contemplation. But... Um, so I, th- I had all these ideas in my head and then I thought, well, I'm just going to pull one or I'm going to throw one and I'm going to see what we get. And, and I, because first of all, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, oh, you know, we sort of, I, I found myself falling into positivity about it, you know, but well, it's going to be okay. And you know, that we need this, it's the big reset. And I started thinking, mm, maybe I'm being a bit too, too seeing the sunny side, but, and then I pulled this one. And it's um, <coughs> number 36, darkening of the light. So, and the one before that is progress. So it really is the sense of we are in really dark times. So I thought I really needed that as a reminder to not just get caught up in thinking positively about it. And, mm. you know, we're all going to be changed through this. But mm. the two things that really struck me about it is that... Um, it really, it is talks about the dark man and dark times and dark leaders, which is happening. Mm. Um, that, and, and that there's such peddlers of hate, <laughs> one yes. in particular, um, and, and falsehoods. So we've got to really keep an eye on, this is really dark times. And we can't just, with consciousness raising and stuff, we can't just rise above this. We've got to really feel the darkness. Yes. And how we get pulled into it. Like, as I, I know I get in much of rage, full of rage about what's happening in the world as the other side is in yeah, rage yeah. at me. So. Just, just because you've done all this analysis and our analysis, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make, doesn't make you less of a human. No, no, that's right. Maybe hopefully I don't get so stuck in it sometimes. But, mm. so, but I got re- that is me recognizing my shadow. I'm as full of rage. As, as the other side is, yeah. really. Um, but, and so, but what we, like one thing it said is, we must not unresistingly let ourselves be swept away. And I think that's part of this, that we have to really stand in our own, like you said, it's a collective thing, but we have to do it individually and not get swept away by the collective, mm. by the collective energy. So, and then there's the other thing I wanted to say, which is going to lead into more, but 
we can come back to it maybe. But um, because with the aging, you, uh, I got um, there's because that's the thing that the aging is a lot like this idea of antimony and uh, and antiadromia, because it is it's 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 always switching. It's called the book of changes because things switch into their opposite. Yes. So they gradually progress through and then flip into the opposite, and so. <laughs> one of the, the changing lines is uh, what I've got at six at the top. Um, it says, here the climax of the darkening is reached. The dark power at first held so high a place that it could wound all who are on the side of good and of light. But in the end it perishes of its own accord for darkness of its own dark because of its own darkness because evil must fall at the very moment when it has wholly overcome the good. And it says, not light, but darkness. First he climbed up to heaven, then he plunged into the depths of the earth. And that's mm. what I want to talk about, but we can come back to that no. because it's kind of big. <laughs> no, keep going. Um, well, because that's, this is this idea of something switching into its opposite. And also, like, because I've been reading this fabulous book because we're having Les Stein at the Jung Society speak to us on Friday because we're celebrating Rick Sweaver, who is the first Jungian analyst in W in, in Australia, and she's from Perth. Um, and Les wrote this book, Becoming Whole, Jung's realization, uh, Jung's equation for realizing God. <laughs> how, yeah. how heavy is that? And it's this Young's equation for realizing God. God. Like equation as in yeah, equals a mathematical times. equation. Right. <laughs> and it is. It's this big, huge mathematical equation, and this is part of this development of consciousness. There is actually he has he has created this equation for Young this. Did. Yeah. I did not um, know that. And and Les writes this book really well. I was getting this. You know, <laughs> first you look at it, and you're like, oh my God, what is that? But he's talking about this. Um, and, and what it says is that we start at this, like, like that God wants to become conscious, like that he, God is unconscious. Yes. And that's almost our purpose as humans is to become, is to bring God into consciousness. Yes. So that's part of this equation. So like it starts at A <laughs> and it goes all the way around through all these millions of steps, but really through the four functions, through thinking, feeling, sensation, and intuition is how we bring things to consciousness. And it comes all the way back to A again. But it's, a, it's, it's this idea of before enlightenment, chopping wood and carrying water, and after Do enlightenment. It. And so we come back to chopping where we are, but it's, it's different. Um, same, but different. Um, and so like what he says is that First of all, A becomes, falls into B. So this is like the progress of God becoming conscious. And A, and that's, this is this idea in the I Ching, that it's like he falls into darkness. Yes. And this is how God becomes conscious, is by coming into the world. And so this is the, also the point about we have to live life. It's not about us raising our consciousness to God. It's about God coming into the world, and it's this. Mm. And so it's like in, wait, so the B like it goes from A to B, and B is uh, a shadow, but that's like um, sort of 
warm-blooded instinct. So it's, it's the, the sins of the flesh kind of thing. And then C is, I think, where we are right now in the world. And C is called physics. <coughs> so that's like coming into the physical world. But what he says is like, and he tells the Gnostic myth, myth of um, nous and physis, and that now means the spirit of God in man, but unconscious. Mm. And now looks, it's sort of like the narcissistic, narcissist myth, that now looks into the water and sees its reflection. Yes. And then he leans forward to get closer and closer and falls into the world. And this is how God first comes into the world. Wow. But then he falls in love with the world, falls in love with matter and gets chained in the world. So that this is kind of where we are now. We're like chained to materialism. We're chained to the world. And this is the work is now to, to become really conscious of this, how we're sort of stuck in the physical material world and that we need spirit now. We need to bring in the opposite of spirit into the material. <laughs> so it's, so, yeah. What's D? D is uh, lapis. It's the, um, it's the holding of the tension of the opposites. So, right. so this is then what we, so we're, we're fully in one opposite and then we have to gradually begin to develop the next opposite. So because the tension is always between spirit and matter. So you think about now like spirit is a, it's a dirty word. We don't even talk about <coughs> it. Like mm. in Freud's time, it was sexuality that was the dirty word. <laughs> and yeah. now whew, that's just normal. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting that the, the tension of opposites comes in because it strikes me that if you look at how interactions are playing out on things like social media and <clears throat> even on the news or so there is or, or, or in political debate you just don't see discourse nowadays where you there's an ability to hold conflicting views and have it having the the mental and emotional spaciousness to then get dive into the nuances of the two so that you can begin to create a third. And, and what we seem to have at the moment is a complete aversion to any sort of tension that opposites bring. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we now have what's, what's I think being labeled as cancel culture, where it's like, I don't like anything you're saying, yeah. I'll defriend you, deplatform you, yeah. slander you, yeah. take you down, ad hominem insults, abuse, and I'll just because I get too triggered by the tension of your opposite mm -hmm. and what you represent. You know. Yes. Yeah. That is so true, and that's so perfect. Bringing in cancel culture because that's exactly what we can't hold these yeah. opposites. Yes. And I think, you know, without well, blowing my own horn, but also um, recognizing the journey I've been on with the podcast since, you know, three years since last time we spoke, to sit and listen and listen and listen and listen and listen and listen to people's journeys is my bandwidth for nuance is just increased. Mm -hmm. 
and my bandwidth to listen to differing points of views, not just within a conversation, but between conversations. And it took me a while to work out why I was really struggling in the world, because I was developing this capability, which the rest of the world seemed to shrink because of eroded concentration spans um, through, you know, distractibility of mobile phones, it, social media, um, you know, our, our entertainment on demand at my like very base instinctive will mm. flicking here, there and everywhere. Mm. You know, I see it in the workplace. I experience it in the workplace. I, I see it out in, 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 you know, just trying to have, I think part of why WA Real came about was because I wanted the depthy conversation that I just wasn't getting anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so as I saw it shrinking in others, I was expanding in that ability, you know, not trying to, Put tickets on myself but that was it. and i was getting this incredible tension mm -hmm. and and so I'm, I'm i've become quite sensitive to this cancel culture and i see a link between you know i still think about our discussion about tension of opposites and it's interesting that from c going into the into the material world and d is this reconciliation of opposites yes I'm curious to know what E, F, and G are. <laughs> <laughs> no, well then C, and then it goes back to A. So then, it, then it's it's bringing it's bringing consciousness. Right. So then so, we're so in it is the A, B, C, D, and then and back to A. It's that whole right. alchemical thing. One becomes two, two becomes three. Out of the third comes the fourth as the one. So then four becomes one again. So it's wow. And this, it is all about bringing consciousness and that's how we bring consciousness is by separating things out into their parts and looking carefully go in them. live live the experience but then separate it out yes. to understand it to then bring it yeah that's right live mm. it mm -hmm. because we do we, we do we we delineate and we contrast and we compare Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And judge and value. Oh, judge and to, value. Yes. Um, I've been on an own, my own little journey with judgment because I, I realised I was quite a, want a better word, judgy fucker, frankly. And and then I went through this journey of, do, do I need to tone down the judging? It's like, no, you, mm. you do do the judging. Yes. Because judging is helping to delineate and separate and that's part of the 3D world that we live in. That's right. To appreciate it and love it for what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And see it for what it is. See it for what it is. But then recognize everything that's delineated and, and, and has edges around it will also collapse back in. Mm -hmm. oh. Just loving my podcast at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's so true what you say about like, how we just getting narrower and narrower, you know, there's, cause I just love flicking through that news feed, but I can just see, it's so narrow now. I hardly get any stories and I'll watch the news and I'll think, I didn't hear that on my news feed <laughs> because I've just like narrowed down to mm. the Royal family. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> well, and the algorithms of Google and, and <laughs> Facebook and everything will just narrow you down, narrow to, you down. to that. I know. So nothing new comes in. Yes, and you end up in an echo chamber. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Scary. One of the... Sorry, was there anything else? Well, no, I think that's just... I wanted to get that out there. Yeah. Just, it's, it's... That's really fascinating that there's actually a, 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 
an equation <laughs> for realising God. God. <laughs> I did not see that one coming into it. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to put past you or, or, or ask was, it strikes me that in the, in, in, in the comparing and contrasting and, and the tensions that are going on, many things that we may have held dear as i mentioned before sort of outside institutions or whether it be I don't know, the media government medicine all sorts of things all ranging from school and things that like external pillars that help us to reference who we are in the world are starting to look like they falter and as they crack you know i find that there's people are using a word like oh, I'm having a great awakening at the moment. Like, oh, I can see the world in, in, in other ways, in other lenses. And it strikes me that they're almost having a, um, can, can have almost like big spiritual awakening moments, which is almost like a, a glimpse of the self, as in capital H, capital mm -hmm. S. Are bigger, which can be quite overpowering and, and, and brings a whole lot of energy into us. Um, but then that in and of itself will then, once that glimpse has moved and passed, um, that then almost like that, that energy can start to bring out a whole lot of stuff out of your ego, out of your shadow, and that at that moment when you're imbued with this, oh my God, I've just had this experience, that there's almost like a choice to continue to go further with that level of inquiry. But then I'm also seeing a lot of people going, oh, I've had this experience, I need to go and tell, and I need to go and put it into the world. And that's where I'm almost seeing people becoming quite evangelical about this. I've had an awakening, everybody should mm -hmm. have an awakening, as opposed to, wow, now some darker stuff's coming up. Now I can really go in. Is, is, that, is that something you have sort of, the mechanics of that, that you have witnessed in others and see in others and sits within the Jungian methodology? Because it's, it's something else I'm trying to reconcile at the moment. It's almost like, you have this tension of opposites until such point as bang. And then it's like, whoa, glimpse of something much bigger. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. the, the self or mm -hmm. the collective mm -hmm. or unified consciousness and oh, it all just got expansive. Mm -hmm. And then it's huge. Mm -hmm. And then where'd you go with that? Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, and the, then it will engender its own opposite. <laughs> so you go there. <laughs> but I think that, like what you're saying, that that's the glimpse of the numinous. And Jung uses that the word. Numinous. The numinous. Like the holy, the divine. It's, yes. We're seeing, and you, it's an energy, like you just, like that, whoo, you just feel, like whenever you, like a synchronistic moment, it's like, whoa, that's, you're feeling the divine. You're mm. feeling the numinous. But what 
can definitely happen is we get inflated by it. Yes. <laughs> and you just want to be like that all the time. And you... Yeah. And yes. Grab it. Chase yeah, it. Yeah, that's I am right. the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> and then that, 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 there is a slippery slope. And we chase that feeling, though, I think. And then that's mm. where addictions and drugs come in because we're chasing the feeling. But if, but then we, it's the work is then to integrate it mm. and to not get inflated by it. And, and the way we integrate it is by bringing it into day-to-day -day life. Mm. And that it has to happen slowly and steadily and it's hard work. And you know, that's the thing like about analysis. Like there's plenty of times where you feel like, oh, nothing's happening, but it's the, the week by week by week, the timing, the long-termness of it. <laughs> and and yeah. it's the, the slowness of it. There are, you can have a quick, boom, moment of numinosity but then it you have to do the hard work of bringing it into the world mm. and that's that's an interesting point because in a world where um certainly in a world where sales and marketing now is all about predictable outcomes quickly mm -hmm. bang 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 mm -hmm. that even you know we've seen a, a big rise in 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 the presence of mindset coaches right and and you know overcoming your limiting beliefs mm -hmm. and things like that and on one level i get it and i can see the requirement for it in an ecosystem of of or oh, psychically something's going on how do i make sense of it but then in that whole speedy predictable culture of you know motivational speakers and stuff like that it sort of overlooks exactly what you're saying which is this this stuff takes work and it takes time mm -hmm. yeah that's right and it's in fact it's at the edge of our limits that we really get to know ourselves you think of a child you know they're always looking <clears throat> for their limit <laughs> like if mm. you aren't there for them to come up against they don't get a sense of who they are. They just keep pushing, pushing. So I don't think we do overcome our limitations. <laughs> we learn to work with them or we learn to work within them, but mm. we have limitations. That's what being human is. <laughs> we mm. live in a biological body. We limitations, live in a world. suffering. <laughs> yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that's the way <laughs> through it. There are no shortcuts. Are there, there are no shortcuts. No, no. And if you and there's no shutting down the other side. <laughs> and there's no shutting down alternate voices. Hmm. There is, because it strikes me sometimes the whole, oh well, I'm not like that, so I'm going to just push that over there, mm -hmm. and I'm going to embody and fortify this, is a recipe for another. Hmm. And you know what's so interesting, like you listen to the words they say in America with the words that they that Trump supporters use, like it's the the alt left, or you know, the, it's they, they use the exact same words 
as the left and the right use the exact same words about each other. Like they're trying to infiltrate and create trouble and create chaos and bring in the militia. And the, the right is saying it and the left is saying it. They're saying the same thing about each other. I just think it's astounding. <laughs> Do... Don't, um, one of the things I love about having these more depthier conversations and speaking to someone like yourself is that it's almost like these very depthy still waters that are moving at not a speedy pace, more of a gradual pace, but they do. Do you, I get the sense that we're at a place where we have been avoiding doing this work and almost that the psyche's gone from okay i'll give you a little tap please come and mm -hmm. spend some time with me the deeper parts of it and then it's like a knock on the shoulder and then it's a clip around the head and mm -hmm. it's like you're still not listening to me mm -hmm. so now we're going to create something cataclysmic mm -hmm. almost mm -hmm. yep and are we going to get it the jury's out, really. <laughs> are we even going to get that message? Or are we just going to push harder against it? But I think you're right. I think that is what's happening. And it is our opportunity to think about things, to see what's happening, to see this polarization and hold that tension between them and not just stick to our one side, to our one point of view. But I don't, I mean, I really don't know. Are we, are we going to get this wake-up call? <laughs> it doesn't quite seem like it. Yeah, but I, that's one thing about the COVID. I know we've got it easier here, but I'm kind of glad it's hanging around as long as it is because that's the only way it's going to fundamentally change anything, change our behavior, is if it lasts long enough and yes. we're stuck with ourselves <laughs> long enough. Hmm. Hmm. Because it strikes me that we have been almost, I had a podcast guest recently who, because um, we talked about the, um, the impact of going to boarding school mm -hmm. and, and the early childhood trauma of that. Mm -hmm. And he discussed how there's almost, you create this strategic survival self and therefore you depart mm -hmm. from a, what he used as a beautiful term, your inner indigenous. And it just strikes me that so much of what we've done is so departing from our inner indigenous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. And I think when that's just profound, what, you, what was going on in that last podcast, because that's, it, that strategic survival self, that kicks in and it takes over and it starts as a, as a defense to save us, <laughs> but it becomes demonic. It gets its own power and it takes over. And then the indigenous self, which I love that, I love when indigenous characters come up in dreams because that is the original self. It's, the, it's sort of the anthropos, the, the the spirit of God in man that's unconscious still. That's the original self, so that's our work. But, but I think you're right, that's what happens, that, that self gets hidden away to keep safe, 
but then it gets split off and dissociated and uh, and we and the the demonic self the the saving the small s the ego you know the the the, the yeah the strategies to survive in the world kick in mm. Mm. but that will only go so far because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. by and large it's created by a eight nine ten year old yeah yes yeah but but who's who's um, grown up quickly and then the eight nine ten year old because you're vulnerable gets split off and and then and and, and hidden away so your your divine spark your childlike spirit gets split off and we just work from this adapted self is it the childlike sort of inner indigenous is that almost what will oh, i hate to use this word save us <laughs> uh, but yes but i think also what happens that that the, the defense that starts out saving us is divine is angelic yes like there's so often in trauma there's something you know an angel will swoop in and and save save us and that but it's that very angel that starts to then turn demonic because it comes yes. from the deep unconscious it, it has that numinous power so i think we really have to wow. start protecting our own we have to start to say look i've got this i'm going to look after my vulnerable self <clears throat> i'm going to allow my vulnerable self to be here and i think that's what we need to do in the world we have to see how vulnerable we are. We have to see how vulnerable the earth is. Mm. It's, this just absolutely can't go on. Mm. And was it, was it Young who sort of suggested that most neuroses come from an aversion to, probably from trauma, from, um, from trying to avoid suffering? Uh, um, yes, neurosis is, the, is, is trying to avoid... The drive to avoid suffering, yeah, possibly yeah. at all costs. Yes, but it's also to um, save us. Uh, yes. It, it's also about uh, to try to learn about ourselves. Mm. So it's kind of both. It's to avoid suffering, but it's also uh, real suffering. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's also what... It, it, it's the drive towards individuation and wholeness like it's not working like this so we, we have to do something different mm. because I just also wonder whether in that you know aversion you know we, we create a defense mechanism to um, protect ourselves and avert ourselves from suffering that we don't actually become um, develop the ability to d deal with there I call it legitimate suffering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. I did a talk at a Buddhist conference on that real suffering and false suffering. Wow. And, and what's the difference? <laughs> well, I think real suffering is just really sitting with how bad it is, you know, and that life is suffering. Yes. We're not going to escape that. But false suffering, just as exactly as you're saying, is this all the drama we create in our lives. It's like, oh, I'm so busy, oh, poor me, ah. Oh. And we create all this drama to really try to escape our real suffering. Yes. But the moment we sit with our real suffering is that moment, like the Four Noble Truths, it's the, the moment we kind of can sit with our suffering 
is the moment we can start to flip into enlightenment, which is the knowledge that life is suffering. <laughs> yes. And, and that's scary stuff, isn't it? So scary. Mm -hmm. Because as I, I, I was sort of journaling, I, I doing some exploratory, ex, exploratory journaling the other day, and it struck me that because, you know, there was a very personal reason why I ended up doing the boarding school syndrome podcast, because I myself went to boarding school. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so I started to think about, well, so what would have been that initial, not just for me, but for anyone, um, what would that initial trauma have been like? And what would the steps I had gone through? Like something would have occurred. It would have rocked my little world. Mm -hmm. Then I would have not been able to make sense of it. I would have had no control over it. I would have had these feelings that I didn't know what to do with. Mm -hmm. Anger, rage, why am I being left here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden in that cru crucible of that melting pot, you know, I would have birthed, uh, right, this new thing which is going to look after me and come in and protect and, and, and look after me. So if I go back into those steps, you know, I didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. I was out of control. Mm -hmm. So from that point onwards, because I, I did a, um, I did quite a lengthy um, sort of presentation myself on my own addiction to knowing things, mm -hmm. having been, you know, at a at a very good school where you know look smart, don't look stupid, all of that, and then carried it on into a business consulting career. And so it struck me that the need to know things was a defense mechanism in and of itself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that gives you a sense of control. So those early trauma, because those early traumatic experiences would have been ones where you weren't in control and you didn't know what was going on and you didn't know how to deal with your feelings. Mm -hmm. And so therefore this whole sitting in legit legitimate suffering and letting go mm -hmm. out of control into that suffering mm -hmm. is it, it's scary shit. Definitely, yeah, that's right. But to do it and then come back and then, to do, and then purposely do it again and do it again and do it again is almost a mechanism to make the dark less scary. Because you know that there's a bigger part of you, a bigger thing in my psyche and whatever it is that, that will bring me back. Yeah, yes, and that's absolutely right because we, it's not safe to be vulnerable because you're the, at the mercy of the world. Mm. You're at the mercy <clears throat> of boarding school and it's a traumatic disruption that you can't get your head around. Mm. So we get in, we go into a progressed self. We get, we grow up really quick in those situations, and and you're you're not being vulnerable is just so unsafe. So I think when you go back into the suffering of that vulnerable self, that's the work. But you're right, it, it's incredibly incredibly scary. Mm. And also the thing is, there's so many defenses around it mm. that it's really hard to get there because it's one thing to say oh yeah you got to sit with your vulnerable self but it's yeah. so hidden away yes and i often say the only way you kind of 
even know it's there is because you feel your head whirling with all your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> because thinking and knowing is the defense. So we go into the head or, or, or we go into that kind of anger, but those hot, those kind of feelings. But so I always think the moment you start feeling your head just going, working this out, I'm going to think my way through this. That's a sign the vulnerable self is there. And then to maybe just stop, oh. get out of the head come into the body and just sit with whatever that's the thing that's actually the sign something's triggered you something's come up as soon as you feel your head going yeah and i need think, to know and i need to know i need to know i need to yeah. work this out and then you just like you're a million miles away it's perfect defense <laughs> because you are it's, far it's, away from the vulnerable it's self. so cunningly beautiful isn't it excellent it's just a really good job it's so cunningly beautiful mm -hmm. You know, and, and now when you can pick up a phone and Google and get your answer. Yeah. You know, or go on a Facebook. And then see something else and go off on Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 you know, you can go onto a Facebook feed and it's like, well, you know, I, I've got a friend who's a doctor in New York and he says, well, there you go. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Or, or I put this stuff up and it's, and it's just a fantastic, it's, mm -hmm. it's so beautiful the way, beautifully cunning. Isn't it? Yes. The way it's in. And, and for me, particularly, you know, with the, and, and, you know, I'll come back to the boarding school just as an example, it almost struck, it was almost to me like it, it had a time, it was like a time capsule with a, with a countdown clock. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden from nowhere, it just went click, okay, it's time, it's time for you to go into this mm -hmm. and it's like oh, and and it was there and it was it was it was going nowhere i mean i i had had a dark week through what, something that had triggered me and i was it was really really dark and then from nowhere i just asked my body asked my intuition what's going on and from nowhere i, I was drawn to tap into google boarding school syndrome wow. and then right. there you go wow. and it was almost like this Either, either it was a, um, a time capsule ready to open or a, there was some part of me that felt it's safe enough now mm -hmm. or it's relevant mm -hmm. now or it's, it's time for us to unopen this. Mm -hmm. And so I guess, yeah, listening, listening to you, if you, you know, I suppose cognitively we all know we've got stuff going on, mm -hmm. you know, we're, We've all picked a few, picked up a few bruises through the collisions of life, and, and those bruises need to be worked out. But yeah, if you've got this fantastic defense mechanism mm -hmm. that's sticking mirrors and makeup over the bruises mm -hmm. so you can't see mm -hmm. them, mm -hmm. um, yeah, some of them you're not ready to do. Yeah, I mean, it saved your life though, that those defenses. It yeah. saved your life in boarding school. It saves your life in trauma. But I, I think, yeah, maybe it's a, a, a time clock that's ready to open at some point, but I often that vault stays locked. It, I think it's because you sat with it. Mm. That's what happened. You didn't just keep going, zh, 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 zh. you just thought, wait a minute, I'm just going to sit with mm. this and feel I feel shit on. and I'm going to stay there. Yes, yeah, that's right. And that allowed that tiny little voice to come up and say, I'm just going to Google that. Yeah, is that a tiny voice? little Bryn that I parked away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I guess I have the analogy nowadays, and I think Winston Churchill referred to his depression as the black dog. Mm -hmm. And so nowadays, whenever I've, it's not just depression, but if ever I feel like something's coming up, I almost like, okay, I'm going to, the black dog is out the door. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave the door open. Uh huh. And the dog can come in and sit uh -huh. quietly or whatever, or will play, or it's going to tell me something. And then when it's ready, the dog will leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you can say, what does that dog need? <laughs> it sure needs a good pet and a lot exactly. of love. <laughs> so when, so it's interesting because at the start of this conversation, we were talking about um, the the darkness of it all, and and you know, are we going to get through it? But it strikes me without trying to cling to some mentally made false hope that by that very sitting in the darkness, mm -hmm. that if we can all get to a place of being dragged kicking and streaming into the darkness, mm -hmm. that something new and beautiful will emerge. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but uh, that is the way, is to sit with it, to see yeah. it is this bad. We're, we just do so much to avoid how bad it is. And then we don't even have to look at it. We just keep doing all those things. Hmm. Does a lot of this surprise you collectively on one level? Oh, uh, well. Probably not the content, but the, the overallness of it. Well, because also I was thinking about this astrologically, what's happening in this oh, time, right. because it's been huge astrologically and um, <coughs> astrologers have been long looking forward to or scared of. Um, <laughs> in January this year was um, Pluto, who's the planet of death and destruction and transformation through pulverization, <laughs> uh, was exactly next to Saturn, the planet of limitations and restrictions and hard work and criticism and, and contraction. And they, they met each other in Capricorn, which is also kind of the, the old order, really. So astrologers really had a sense of it's going to be an overthrow of the old order um, and that, that things are really going to change. There's the potential for change big time but it's going to be feel catastrophic, but nobody predicted a virus. <laughs> so no. I just think it's like, how amazing that it's a virus that's overthrown the old authority, overthrown the economy. I mean, it's not business as usual anymore. No, it's not. So, and it's also like, and now Jupiter's right there. And so, so all of these planets have just all converged. And like, if you see, look in the sky now, you can see Saturn and Jupiter are right close together. Um, and Pluto's right close in there, but you can't see it. <laughs> um, but, and now they're all starting to, by December of this year, they're all going to move into Aquarius. 
Pluto will take a little bit longer, but so this now is the beginning of the age of Aquarius. So like the 60s <laughs> was, uh, you know, an intimation of it. But right now we are at the cusp of change. We, we are about to move into the age of Aquarius, which is about individual authority. It like, it's the water bearer, it's the, it's humanity. So like you, like it's, it's always, about the bigger picture Aquarius. It's about all of humanity, but it's done through individual authority. So that this is, it's part of what's happening mm. is the overthrow of the old order. And it's doing itself in like that aging. <laughs> it's yes. like darkness has fed and eaten up <laughs> the light and now it's got nothing left to feed on. <laughs> and now it's gonna collapse and, and it's gonna give the chance for something really new to come up. It's exciting when you put it, it like is. that. Yeah, that's right. So there I do have hope. <laughs> yes. It comes from it's a different big. place. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come from a desperate place. Mm -hmm. It's more of a, I know when you, I guess one of the things that I've been exploring in the last 12 months is, is faith in something bigger than yourself. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes that can be yourself, mm -hmm. the bigger version S, of yourself. Capital S self, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and this is part of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was thinking that's a big thing too, that, you know, it, we, we forget it's a bigger picture. We forget there's something beyond just us. And I was thinking like the myth for our time probably is the myth of the Holy Grail, like that in the first part, like Percival, he's like a young up and coming warrior and he's out there having battles and bedding maidens and, and he sees the Grail the first time, but he's just, he's just young and he's living his life and he doesn't ask the right question. And it's only after he's lived life, he's lost battles, he's suffered and he's matured that when the, he sees the procession come before him again, he gets the question right, which is whom does the grail serve? That's the question we got to keep in mind. Who does the grail serve? Yeah. What so is what's, this what's that? For? Who what do it? we do it for? What are we doing this for? And even self-growth hmm. and self-development, it's not just for me. <laughs> it's not just so I get inflated yeah. by God, but it's so that no, this God best can be version born. Of yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's right. What are we doing this for? And it's for, it's for all of us. It's, it's for God. It's for humanity. It's for gr growth. But even that's a bad word now. Yes. It's been <laughs> Exponential growth. Yeah, it's been somewhat solid by capitalism. Um, <laughs> which in and of itself, I think, is, is creaking as well. Yes, isn't it? Yep. Definitely, yeah, and now that's, we're all coming to our own individual spirituality. That's a very Aquarian thing. Mm. And, and what we're leaving behind is the age of Pisces, which is, has been the age of big religions. Mm. Yeah, coming to our own sort of leadership, our own mm -hmm. religion, our mm -hmm. own God, our mm -hmm. own... Mm -hmm. Very decentralized. And, and I think it's, it's, it's a, a not quite our own God, it's finding God within us. Yes. <laughs> our own yes. sense of, of God. God. Many paths to the same, to the one truth, really. Yeah. And it's interesting that because I asked myself a question when, 
when we were all asked to stay at home and not go to work and so on. Um, at the same time, as like the Premier was saying that, and oh look, we're seeing it in Victoria at the moment. At the same time as, as, as the Premier is you know, telling everyone to stay at home, he's also giving the police more and more powers, mm -hmm. which is force and authority. Mm -hmm. And so I started asking myself the question, why does that need to happen? And the, the everyday instinctive answer is because people don't do what they're told, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, there's going to be people who don't do their told. Blah, 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 blah. But I think there's a deeper answer in that same question is why do we need to have a body that has to force people to do things? Why do we accept a society? Why do we accept a way of being where we are forced to do things? And in that, there's almost an abdication of responsibility. Um, he, you can do the leadership, you can do the, you know, and, and tell me what to do. And if I don't like it, then there'll be this other thing that tells me mm -hmm. what to do. Mm -hmm. And so it, I almost got to this place and I, I tried to engage this conversation with a few people and it was like, you've just been a dreamer, Brett. Uh, but, it's, but I actually thought it was quite an important question. Why do we tolerate, for our, even for ourselves and the kids and friends and family, why do we tolerate a place where we have to be forced to do stuff? And so moving from one place to another, Pisces, Aquarius, maybe the fact that that question has started to arise in me mm -hmm. is an indication of the move from one place to another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how to bring the Pisces religion into the realm of Aquarius which is because it's, it's so interesting, it's individual authority, but it has to serve a higher purpose. Yes. <laughs> Where so you know, it's so funny, like all the anti-maskers or something, it's my God-given right to not wear a mask <laughs> as if they're being about individual authority. I get to choose for myself and then we have to have the police come and say, no, you have to wear a mask. So, but if, they, if we ask ourselves, whom does the grail serve? <laughs> Why mm. do I have to wear a mask? It's for something greater. So, it, so it's individual choice to be able to serve something bigger. Yes. It's, but we, but, but the, the very words are being used against us. It's my right to not wear a mask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you can say it. I mean, yeah, there's something in that, but... But it's, but it's not because it's for a higher purpose. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think the police, it's, it's, the, it's also the last dime that giving the police greater powers is the last dying gasp, hopefully, of, of the old regime, mm. <laughs> the old authority. They, they can see they're going down. <laughs> although, and they've got to get the, the troops in. Although um, I am seeing the use of some very clever other things. The... Um, I hate using the word weaponization, but it's really carefully used here, of um, shame and guilt. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Or the Karen thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, people are not behaving as well as they should be. You know, the tone yeah. of, of a lot of the messaging mm-hmm. across the premiers, across the prime minister, mm-hmm. has been one of, okay, naughty boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's been triggering. Yeah, it, it, that's right. And then it's broadcast on social media, so it's really public shaming. Yeah, and I, there, there's that's not a way to change anything because I, that then the, the vulnerable part just gets split way off and yes. you go straight into your defenses. And don't you tell me what to do. And the anger and the rage that we're seeing—that's what gets triggered. Don't tell me to yeah. <laughs> wear a mask. Don't come here shaming me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, that whole Karen thing is. Karen on Facebook. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, don't they? they uh, it's what they call someone that now goes in and uh, I don't. It's been used on both sides of the. Yeah, have you seen that on Facebook? Like, they call it. Oh, she's being a Karen, and it's coming in and shutting something down, whether it's good or bad, and it's public shaming and. It just, yeah. they shut, a Karen came and shut down that wedding in Hawaii and... Yes. So, yeah, it's just... Yes. And then it's broadcast on social media. It's can't, like, yes, oh, can't hold tension, come in with shaming and, mm-hmm. and guilting mm-hmm. and then kapow. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, you know, topped off with a side serve of virtue signaling. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then that's it. There's the mechanics, pow. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's right. And there's no growth in that, really. It just It's almost childish. No it's, it's very childish, yeah. And it just, there's a really arrogant thing that's popping to mind at the moment, but I'm just struggling to work out where have the grown-ups gone. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where is personal responsibility and personal authority? Mm. Is there anything else you wanted to add to this conversation? Because when, no. when I did email, you were saying, my head's buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think it's this bigger picture and that it's, this is part, that's the thing about the equation, this is part yeah. of a process that we have gotten stuck in the material because we need to, we have to really fully live in this world. <laughs> We can't just go into spirit. Like we have to be humans. We have to be people. We have to be mm. physical bodies to then approach the spirit. I think so. It's like the, the materialization is you can't an skip important that bit. step. You can't skip that bit. No. And I love like in martial arts or the internal arts that it's, they say that first of all you have to build the body <laughs> before you can do any spiritual work. It's like building the vessel. It's you have. You have to build the, the yin energy to hold the chi, to hold the yang energy. Like you have to build, build the body. So we have to live in the material world before we can do a spiritual journey, mm. really. And that's hard work with our feet on the ground, seeing it as it is, being with it as it is. Going into the, the battles and pitfalls of life. Yep. Mm-hmm. Facing the slings and arrows of life, not just <laughs> dreaming away. Yes. Sleeping. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
This has been fascinating, this conversation. Yeah, it's big. <laughs> you enjoyed it? I love it. Yeah, I'm all energized. <laughs> Excellent. So one of the last questions I've asked my guests, um, and I have tweaked this recently, is um, if, um, if we could just slow everyone down for five to ten minutes and you could just upload a question into the collective consciousness for everyone to consider quietly for five or ten minutes, what would that question be? Mm, I'm picturing your black dog <laughs> and I'm just thinking, well, why not just look into the eyes of that dog and really just look at it, sit with it, ask it what it needs be with it, pet it, love it. <laughs> it's not really a question, but maybe ask it, what do you, what do you need? What do you want from me? And that's a bit about the neurosis as a way towards health because the black dog is appearing because something needs to be addressed. So if we look at it and say, what do you need? And I love you. <laughs> yes. Something can come from that. Mm. Love it. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you this morning. Yeah, thanks, Brian. If people want to find you, how do they reach out? Well, they can come to the Jungian Society. Yep, the WA. Society, yes. It's First, been great. Is it which Friday? Of uh, every well, it's month? been the third Friday of the month, but we've been on Zoom, like the modern world. Yeah. Um, so it's been Saturday, but uh, our last one's in September, and that's a Friday, final, a final one on Friday night. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have a website, you can just Google Britain Garrett. And, mm. yeah. and if somebody is now thinking, oh, there must be something in this young business. Um, Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, those two have just been talking. Crazy. Absolute <laughs> harebrained stuff. What would, be, what would be a couple of entry-level books to get someone excited in, or, or just tooled up in? One of my favorites, although it's not even Jungian lately, it's called Buddhism, East Meets West, Buddhism and Psychotherapy. Um, because it really is about sitting with yourself. And like, that's the Buddhist part, because the, the developmental way is like, come on, we gotta fix this, we gotta cure this, you know, yeah, come yeah. into therapy. It's a problem, let's gonna, fix it. Yeah, that's it, that's right. Build the best version of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I want, you know, I wanna change this, but, that book has really been useful for me, and it's quite accessible to be just sit with what you're feeling. Yeah. Sit with it and, and ask yourself, if this never changes, can I survive that? And Ooh. the answer is generally yes, because it's really just a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just a feeling. Mm -hmm. Superb. Thank you so much for Thank today. Thank you, Bryn.